dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Stafford's got it, wants to throw. He's in trouble. Got to get out of there. Stafford drifts left. Now he throws deep downfield. Got a man in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby. Marvin Jones on the other end of a Stafford dart. And how about number nine? Staying alive in the pocket and fighting the end zone. Hello and welcome to the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri alongside Lomas Brown for this week nine edition of the One Pridecast. Lomas, we got a lot to talk about this yes, week. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. We, we do, Tori. We have a lot of catching up and a lot of recapping to do today. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I think we should just really dive into it this week. Obviously, we've got to talk about that trade of Golden Tate. Tuesday afternoon, the Lions traded wide receiver Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2019 third-round pick. Lomas, what was your reaction to the trade? Uh, Personally, disappointed. A person that I've grown to get fond of over the years, and, you know, especially this year because I got a chance to interview him a couple of times and be around him. And, man, it's just, you know, it was just shocking, too, that he got traded. So, um, I know the the people upstairs know what they're doing, but, you know, to me, a chemistry guy that you take out the locker room, you know, just an overall – to me, he was the identity of our offense, you know, a tough guy, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, I know – I think we're going to miss him. I know I miss him. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, Tori, it's just it, – it was just shocking. Yeah, I got to say I was one of the people that didn't – think it was going to happen either of course there were rumblings on monday that it might happen uh one of the reporters actually talked to golden tate in the locker room and golden said i don't think i'm gonna get traded (laughs) my brother called me that night and was like hey did you see about golden tate maybe getting traded i was like oh don't worry about it (laughs) i don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) i really didn't i really didn't um because you know you you look at what they did uh the week before with going out and getting snacks harrison and they're bringing in a guy who they feel like can help them win. So to trade away a guy who can help them win didn't seem like it matched up in messages to me. So I found that very interesting, and I thought, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Now that it has happened, I see the reasons for it. I understand, and I think it's understandable that uh, really, you know, he was most likely not going to re-sign here. Uh, He had a little bit more time left on his contract, so – the Lions really got a lot out of trading him away, a third-round pick for a guy who's just going to be on the Eagles roster for eight games. Yeah. is that That's a pretty good get for him, but I honestly did not think that that was what was going to happen. I know. You're right, and I think, like you said, Tori, when they brought snacks in, you would think they had pushed all the chips in. And, you know, like you said, when they, I guess the deal of getting the third round of full gold, and like you said, with all the circumstances surrounding them, was just too good for the Lions to pass up. And I could see it, you know, if I take the emotions out of it, right. you're right, it is a good business move for the Lions, and it could pan out. We don't know who that 2019 pick could be in the third round. So I look at it now through the business eyes. It is a good, it is a good business move for the Lions. But man, just from the personal side of everything, it's just hard. Especially that I played the game, and you play with guys, and you see them come and go. And this guy was a big part of this organization sure. for like four or five years. I mean, he was huge here, and I know a lot of people loved him here. So I hope he could go off and get a ring. That's what I <laughs> hope. That would be a nice touch for him if Philadelphia could go back. 
Certainly. Well, it, it was definitely a crazy day. But here's the question is, what does this mean for the Lions right now? Of course, you know, we know the third round pick next year. We know that that could end up being someone important for the Lions, depending yeah. on who's selected. But what does this mean for the Lions 2018 season? I, to me, Tori, I just think now it gives the Lions an opportunity. TJ Jones comes up. Brandon Powell gets an opportunity to show his skill. So I guess the Lions get a chance to evaluate some of the younger guys that they think have a lot that can help this team. Now, they're saying that they're not throwing in the towel, and it's too early. I mean, it's too early for that to, to happen, so I don't believe that they are. I just think it's going to be for the other guys who are going to have to step up in the locker room, and they're really going to have to step their games up. I think everyone is going to have to step their game up to replace a guy like Golden Tate, and not just Golden from the standpoint of a ball player, but again, I keep talking about the emotional part that he brings, the leader that he was in that locker room, just all the intangibles that he brings, and that it can happen. I, I We're still in the race. I mean, one game out, so it's still there. Everything is still in front of us or in front of the Lions. So, you know, it's just, again, the personal part of it to me, Tori. Sure. Well, many people would argue that trading away one of the best players on your offense signifies that you don't really expect to go far this season. But Matt Patricia argued today that he said trading away Golden Tate means that you have confidence in the guys that you have here, that guys should yep. – uh, see that as like a vote of confidence yeah. for them and you know I do understand that part of it when you when you think about the long-term big picture business part of it is that the Lions do have a good wide receiving core they've got Marvin Jones Jr. they've got Kenny Galladay two very very good players and having Golden Tate having the three of those guys was almost a luxury yes so it makes sense that you would get uh, that you would uh, let one of those guys go that you yeah. get something for him and you'd let him go to another team but uh, in terms of what it means for right now, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means for this offense, uh, especially when it comes to uh, Golden Tate's yards after the catch, his ability to get yards after the catch. Now, right. uh, you, you have other guys that you can put in that slot position, like TJ Jones or maybe Brandon Powell. You know, the Lions kept him on the roster uh, from the beginning of the season. Maybe they really feel like they have something in him. They're, they're similar in terms of skill set right. and, and position played. Uh, but nobody really in the league no. is like Golden Tate when it comes to yards after the catch. And on third down, he was exactly, one of Matthew Stafford's go-to Tory. targets on third down. Exactly. And I think those two areas are the areas where you're going to feel uh, him missing so a little I'm bit. So I'm thinking and I'm hoping that they think that like Michael Roberts, Luke uh, Wilson, the tight end, because again, most teams, you know, that don't really have a good slot, they rely on their tight ends to get those third and shorts or, mm -hmm. you know, going across the middle. So I'm hoping that they're going to incorporate the tight ends more, like you're saying. And like you say, with Brandon Powell, you know, with TJ, you never know. Maybe the coaches seen something in practice that they felt that these guys needed to be elevated or they could handle being elevated up to start playing now. So, you know, the coaches are with them every day. They evaluate them every day. So, you know, hopefully through their eyes they've seen something. So maybe the offense is going to look different. I mean, you know, maybe – and again, maybe carry on. Maybe that means more opportunities for him to carry the ball more. So – you know, hopefully they got this planned out, whatever it is, uh, Tori, before they traded uh, Golden. Well, we did see a little bit of the emergence of the tight ends uh, in the Miami game yeah. with Michael Roberts, two touchdowns. Yeah. 
Uh, so you do have a little bit of positivity that you've seen from them. You don't really have a all-out number one tight end, right. but you do have some guys that uh, can do good things for you, and uh, Michael Roberts has shown that. And, you know, that's a good point. We'll see what happens. And a couple others have made the point of, uh, you know, do you see Theo Riddick in the slot? But, you know, the the thing about him is that his advantage is when he's matched up against the linebacker. Exactly. So you've got to get him in that situation where exactly. he's mismatched. Exactly. And maybe maybe they think about putting him, uh, Theo, and uh, carry on in the backfield together. You know, maybe you think about doing stuff like that. You, you, you in the, in today's game, you got to change it up. You got to be imaginative. You got to do different things or unconventional things. So maybe that'll help get Theo more involved, especially like you saying from him being in the position of the tailback. So you know, hopefully they got this all worked out, whatever the whatever the plan is and stuff. I'm gonna be interested to see how things yeah. flow this weekend up in Minnesota. And we saw Kerryon Johnson catching out yep, of the backfield exactly more right. in that last game against the Seahawks. So maybe that's another aspect of why they good feel point. more comfortable with this uh, because, you know, Golden Tate has been good at those short little catches yep. and then taking those further than uh, further than you might expect them to go because of his yards after the catch ability. And so maybe they see uh, his role being filled by a couple of different guys in a couple of different ways. So, really, time will tell. And that sounds like New England. Because remember, <laughs> they just they say they just fit guys in. They're running. Remember the, the this past weekend, their wide receivers was playing running back most of the game. Cordell Patterson, he was playing running back. So, you know, New England, they're the kings of just fitting parts in. So, maybe, again, it seems like we're taking on a lot more of their identity. So, maybe this is another way in that, another way towards that, going towards that direction. The Lions doing things kind of like the Patriots? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe, Tori, we'll see. Now, the Patriots got number 12, and we got we got Matthew, so I'm not complaining. So they probably looking at Matthew as he could do some of the same things that Tom Brady does and stuff and elevate the guys around them. They got to be thinking like that. I, I just think they have to be thinking like that. Well, with the personnel here, I definitely think that there have been some trends that you can see, oh, this is kind of how – uh, the Patriots would operate in this situation. And so that's been interesting to watch, but uh, certainly wished Golden Tate the best. Yes, I know. He was a good fella too, man. I liked him. He was a good person, man. And I like Mr. Bling Bling. <laughs> he's, he's been here ever since I've been here. See? Uh, so he's one of those guys that has consistently been here as long yep. as I've worked for the Lions. So it's odd for me to think about a locker room without Golden Tate in it. One of those guys who's always willing to talk, always willing to give an interview. Uh, so that part of things is interesting from a more interpersonal aspect of things. And I know his uh, charity had gotten very involved in the community, yes. um, his foundation. Yes. And so uh, definitely they've done a lot of great work here and his family made their home here and everything. So we wish him the best. He gave a nice little classy goodbye to he Detroit did. on yes. Instagram, um, on Instagram and on Twitter. So good for him. Uh, but it definitely was a surprising Tuesday. Yeah, it was. Maybe we could get him back for an alumni event one day. <laughs> there you one go. One day when he's done, maybe we could get him back for alumni day. Well, he's permanently in that club now. That's right. Exactly <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. He has records here. 
I mean, when he comes here and he looks through the archives of the Lions, he has a lot. He has, I don't know about a lot of records, but he has records here. So he's going to permanently be here, at least until somebody come along and break those records. So he's part of this family. I got to say, there's probably a hole to be filled in terms of touchdown celebrations yeah. now that he's gone. <laughs> He's a big part of That's those. That's right. Big you part are of so those. So right. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, who's gonna play ping pong right. and double dutch in the end zone now that there's no Golden Tate? Right. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Next like man that. up. We need somebody to step into that role. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. Funny there. Well, I mean, a lot to think about and a lot to pay attention to, especially as the Lions head into this stretch of November games. Three of their four yes. November games are divisional opponents. You have to play the Bears twice in, I think, 11 days between the Sunday uh, uh, prior to the Sunday before Thanksgiving and then on Thanksgiving. So uh, a very quick stretch of games and um, a lot of divisional games. So as we know, those kind of count for two. And how they do in this November stretch is going to determine whether they're playing meaningful December games or not. Because if you can't beat these divisional opponents right now, the division is up for grabs. There's nobody who's run away with it. There's nobody who is kind of the clear, far and away division winner. So the Lions, even though they do not have the record that they'd hope to have at this point, have a shot. Like you said, they're only one game back. But if you can't win these division games coming up, then... You're right. That's it. And they're going to be tough games because, like you said, the Bears a couple of times, and they know each other. So they know, you know, they know everybody's tendencies. They know each player's tendency. So it's going to be a tough game. Those three games are going to be tough. And you're right. They're going to determine where they go and what the Lions do the rest of this season. And, And like you say, we're still in it. Right in the thick of things. I don't think no team is playing above, way above any other team right now. Yeah. So to me, you know, we have a fair shot at it and stuff. So uh, it, it'll be interesting again to see how the Lions go about it. Some tough defenses, though, that yes. we're going to play coming up. It's some tough defenses. So it'll be interesting to see what the offense does and how the our defense improves here, too. Well, you came into that Seahawks game feeling like that was a game that you had an opportunity to win. A team with a very similar position as you started off a little bit rough, was improving. Uh, They were playing a a game in your house at Ford Field, and you felt like that was one that you might have been able to to walk away with the win from, and the Lions did not. How much did that loss change your perception of where the Lions are at this season there was a lot of momentum, a lot of positivity um, and optimism around this team after that Miami win. And then the loss to the Seahawks seemed like things shifted quite a bit. What's your perception? Um, I, the, I think the most disappointing thing to me about that was when I heard um, it come out that the guys said they weren't focused for that game. And I heard maybe one or two guys say that. And that was disappointing because everything that was riding on there, Tori, just like you were saying, everything you just said, all that that was riding on that game, and for the guys not to come out focused, you know, one, and coach said it himself, so I, I'm repeating what he said, you got to look at the coaching staff first, you know, and he said that because he has to have these guys focused and ready to play. But you just wonder why as a 
professional athlete with all that on the line, why you wouldn't come out ready and focus to play. So to me, that's where I see that we have to keep getting our leadership in the locker room. It has to keep evolving in the locker room because, again, that's where your guys in the locker room come in at. That's where your leaders come in at, and they're able to kind of sense where things are going at, and you're able to say something or try to inject something or do something to kind of raise the level of the guys and stuff. So you kind of get to be around these guys more than you're around your immediate family. You know, you start feeling things, you sense things and everything. So to me, the awareness in the locker room with the leaders got to start increasing more because you can't expect the coaches to be able to do everything. You know, it's a lot that they already do, but they do need help from the guys in the in the locker room. And, Tori, I'll say this. When when I played, we weren't nervous about Wayne and the coaching staff. It was Chris Spielman. It was Jerry Ball. <laughs> I'd be nervous about Chris Spielman, yeah, too. <laughs> Benny Blades. Those were the guys that we were scared to disappoint because those are the guys that we had to face and we were accountable to, not really the coaches. So that's why I say the locker room, if they could keep evolving that, that should be able to help out some. I love Spielman. I worked with him during the preseason on the sidelines, yes. and he is so much fun to work with. But I can totally see how he would be just an absolute intimidating oh, factor in the locker that room. That look he give you, the <laughs> dude is just intense, man. 24-7, that's how he was. Yeah, Tori. So you didn't want to go on that side of the locker room or go on that side of the bench when he was over there. Oh, that's great. Yes. That's great. So looking at that Seattle game, what – stood out to you as the big things that the Lions needed to fix. Obviously, not a lot went right. You could pretty much list just about everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about it a little bit on the post-game show, but now that we're a few more days removed from it, what did the Lions need to fix? So let's micro it. So we <laughs> talked about penalties. That, that came back to hurt us, right? That, that We talked about turnovers. Those are two things I kept saying. Amir with the kickoff return. That's how they got their first touchdown and mm -hmm. stuff with the short field. Remember our special teams when we let the guy come out the end zone. It's just – and the penalties, it, costly penalties. We kept a couple of first downs going. I think it, it, it's – those are the things that have just been just mind-boggling to me that we haven't been able to correct. And, you know, again, when we get in the red zone, that was one thing that I know you talked mm -hmm. about a lot early in the season. Now it's starting to come back to – because, again, we weren't as efficient. I, I can't remember what we were this game in the red zone. But, again, we didn't score touchdowns when we needed to score touchdowns when we got in the red zone, especially until late, you know, in the game. So – you know, those are the things. But the turnovers and the penalties, Tori, for me, that's that's me. And we didn't play good up front, either line. Either line. We yeah. didn't we really didn't play good on the defensive line, but the offensive line was we, we played average up front on the offensive line. Well, let me ask you this about the defensive line. You bring in Snacks Harrison. He actually plays pretty yes, well. He the balled. statistics show yes. that the run game or run defense was better when he was in there than it was when he was not in yes. there. But 
still they gave up 176 rushing yards. How does that happen? Why were they still not able to stop the run despite bringing in a good play? I know, and Tori, what they were doing was, and you're right, man, I was watching Snacks. He was taking on two guys at one time, but all they were doing was cutting it back. They they would start at Snacks, try to double-team them once they, the running back scene, they didn't have um, any advantage there. He was cutting it back. So, Tori, the guys got to stay in their backside gaps, gap mm-hmm. integrity. You hear Spielman say that all the time. Guys can't peep or get out their gaps. Once they do, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a natural crevice, a hole for the running back to cut back. Snacks was awesome, man. Big Boy was standing them up and everything. <laughs> I love that. But, again, they were just bending it back and going back, and they were just hitting us in chunks. You know, it wasn't, It was 10. It was 12, it was 11, and after a while you look up and they got over 100 yards rushing against you and stuff. So we got to get – so can I give you this analogy? Sure. So D linemen, right, they want to be all up on you. They want to slow dance with you. That's what a D lineman <laughs> wants to do, all right, because they want to be able to pull you, jerk you, get around you as offensive linemen. As offensive linemen, we want to cha-cha. I want to keep you away from me. I don't want you all up on me. So that's the biggest difference between the two. So once you get up on them, like I say, it's easier in the run block, and it's easier just to shield a guy off. And, of course, Tori, they just cutting it back and hurting us. So that's been part of our problem up front. We got to get that corrected, too. Oh, my God, it's been killing us. got to do some slow dancing here. Yes, right? yeah. <laughs> That's what they want to do. They want to get all close up on you. I don't want you up on me like that. Well, for run defense's sake, they need to do some slow dancing. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Tor. Wilson's got it, wants to throw. Looks left, in trouble. Wilson going to get hit, going to get sacked. Back inside the 40-yard line at the 36. Wilson taken down by David Harrison, not known as a pass rusher, but he made it happen there. The Detroit Lions are encouraging fans to arrive early this season for their extended power hour. For the first hour after gates open, fans will enjoy concession specials such as $2 sodas, $2 hot dogs, $3 beers, $3 well drinks, and $5 specialty cocktails at several locations throughout the stadium. Stafford on second and 10 now, working out of the gun. He's got on Johnson to his right. Play clock at five. Matthews got it. Fakes the give. Wants to throw. End zone's got Marvin out there. Caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. I think that's a good time to turn the page to the Vikings game. Uh, Or tough Vikings team coming up here. Played really well on offense this last week against the Saints. Lost to one of the best teams in the league right now. Uh, But it was mostly because of turnovers. They turned the ball over. Uh, two costly times, and that was really the difference in the score. But they outgained them on offense by a lot, and a lot of that is because of Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yes. What stands out to you about the Vikings? Oh, man, you're right. Those two guys stand out to me. And, it, it, and again, you got a quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Now, I know, like you said, it was a pick six in that game. But from what I'm hearing, the, the Stephon didn't keep running his route. That's prob- That contributed to that. But Kirk Cousins, he's been good at not turning the ball over. I think he has four interceptions on the season, which is good. Um, he got some great route-running receivers in Thielen and um, Stephon Diggs. But Latavius Murray in the backfield, they got a nice running game too. So, you know, again, what they're going to want to do, Tori, until we stop it, it's a copycat league. 
until the Lions stop the run, they're going to want to try to establish the run and everything else is going to come off the run. So the, uh, I, I think that would be the number one thing they want to do to us. And, and, of course, you know, nice defense that hadn't played well, but they got some good guys on defense. They got Everson Griffin over there. You know, I think Anthony Barr is hurt, but they got Linvale uh, Joseph, the big fella. So they got some good players over there on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to be at home. So they'll have a lot of momentum. It's hard playing up in the – I ain't never been in the – it's at the Metrodome or I don't know. Not what's, the no, Metrodome anymore. U.S. US Bank, Bank Stadium. Yeah. So I've never been there, but I know when we used to go to the Hubert H. Humphrey Dome, it used to be crazy going up there with the crowd there. So they're going to have that to their advantage too. I will say that is a really cool stadium. I mean, yeah. of course, it's a new one, so it's going to be cool. Uh, but their pregame uh, ceremonies oh. and everything are yeah, pretty cool. With the, yeah, the, with yeah, the skull yeah, and everything. It's very that. intimidating. Yeah, it is. Do they still have the guy with the on the no, motorcycle? No, not what? anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, that dude was intimidating. Long beard and on the Harley. Yeah, so yeah. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But that's a great atmosphere, and it could work well in uh, in Minnesota's advantage too. You know, so it, it's going to be a tough game, but it's a game we need. It's a game that the Lions need if they want to stay in this divisional race. Certainly. Well, it's going to be an important one, and the Lions have another divisional game right after that yeah. in Chicago <laughs> the following week. So. Yeah. A lot of uh, intense count-for-two type of games coming up here. And the Lions are going to have to figure out what their offense looks like without Golden Tate pretty quick. Wow. Especially up against Vikings defense and a Bears defense. You're right. You're right. Because we know he could give us those yaks, those yards after the carry. So, yeah, we're going to miss that. (laughs) We're going to miss that. I think I think yeah. a lot of fans will miss him for a, a plethora of reasons. I agree. I agree, Tori. I agree. It'll be a lot of little 15s walking around, 15 jerseys walking around. Yes. I'm, yeah. There will be many 15 jerseys for yeah, years to come, yeah. I think. <laughs> Even if he's not on the team anymore. You're right. <laughs> well, Lummis, it's the end of the podcast, so you know what time that is. Uh-oh. It's trivia Uh-oh. time. We need to get some sound effects for when the trivia is coming out. That's a great idea. I think we need a theme song for the trivia. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) All right, so Vikings this weekend. So as you guys know, we do a trivia question that's in theme with that week's game, that week's topic that we talked about on the podcast. So here's the trivia question. Adam Thielen has started the year with eight straight games of 100 yards receiving for the Vikings. He's tied for the most consecutive 100-yard receiving games in NFL history. So here's the question. Who is he tied with, and what year did that player do it? Mm. There's your trivia question, okay. guys. Think think That's nice and hard one, about guys. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you know the answer to that question, tweet the answer to at Lions, and you could win an autographed prize. We love seeing your trivia question answers every week. I love when you guys tweet me and let me know you're listening to the podcast. Uh, it's so much fun to, to hear that you guys are enjoying this. Wilmus and I enjoy hanging out every Wednesday and recording it. (laughs) So I'm glad you guys are enjoying uh, joining in on our conversation as well. And if you do enjoy it, go on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to it. Uh, Let us know what you think. We appreciate you listening as always, and we will see you next week.